0: Good evening, church family. My name is Rob, and I am our pastor out at Capitol Press Fairfax, our site out in Fairfax. It's great to be here tonight at this joint worship service, like JT said, McLean, in Fairfax. Uh, I do need to let you know, though, one, it's just really great because Ryan and JT and I, we don't really get to see each other on Sunday, really, so it's just great to be back together. But JT walked in tonight, looked at me. First thing he says is, The whole reason I launched this Rest Insight is so I wouldn't have to see you on Sundays. (laughs) But I just know that's his way of showing affection. All right? I love you too, bro. I'm I'm glad to be here. We are entering into the Advent season. And so reminder, or maybe uh, informed for the first time, in this Advent season, historically, the church has a twin focus. Advent speaks to the arrival or the coming of Jesus, but not just his first arrival, his incarnation, but also his second arrival or his return. So that's what we look at in this Advent season. It's a season where we think about waiting, which we are not very good at, and longing. Right, so we've pressed pause on our Mark series This morning, we were in chapter 8. We've reached that dramatic moment where Jesus says to the disciples, "Uh, yeah, uh, I hear what the word on the street is, but who do you say that I am? Right? And with that question, he's not inviting them. It's not an invitation for them each to give their creative take, right? Like, oh, I prefer to think of you as this great teacher, Or I like to think of you as this moral example. Or, hey, I like to imagine you wearing a tuxedo t-shirt. None of those things. Um, Jesus is zeroing in to see if they're starting to get it. Jesus wants to know if they are starting to see And we've got to be honest, when when we're going through the Gospels, it is kind of hard to get a handle on Jesus, right? I remember reading this book by Dr. Dan Allender called The Healing Path, and he writes about this challenge of getting a handle on Jesus. He writes about how unpredictable Jesus is and how he upends our structures of expectations. (laughs) I remember Allender says this, he says, all I can figure is, who's probably pretty fun to go to a wedding with, uh, a little scary to go to the temple with of great benefit to have in the bow of a ship when the storm comes he was playful enigmatic intense and so human that many didn't even realize that he was in fact sinless who do you say that i am Well, for our Advent series, we're going to look at the prophet Isaiah's answer to that question. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 9. You can turn there now. The series is going to key in on verse 6, but tonight I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. So let's look now at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Mighty and merciful Father, by your Spirit, speak to us through your word this evening. The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word, Lord, it stands forever. We pray tonight we would see your Son and our Savior, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. As we launch into Isaiah, as we step into the book, let's have a quick crash course on the context so we make sure we realize where we're at. The book of Isaiah is a book of trust and hope, both misplaced and rightly placed. A book of trust and hope. Lest we be just propositional or theoretical, let's enter into our lives for a second. Trust and hope. I would imagine if I went to your high school and I walked around with you, navigated you, maybe you're a junior. If I just spent a couple weeks there with you, I would imagine I could see where you place your trust and hope. Like what makes your emotions fluctuate and what you do when those emotions fluctuate. Um, How you act and how you act out is going to reveal where you place your trust and hope. Um, Young adults, if I could just have an insider's vantage point on like how you use your dating apps, right? Like if I could see what you say and what you do in and around your dating life, it would probably let me know something of what you trust in and what you hope in. If you could come see some of my parenting over the next couple of weeks, you would probably get an idea of where I place my trust and hope. At times where I misplace it, and sometimes by God's grace, where I rightly place it. Trust and hope. Okay, trust and hope in the book of Isaiah. All right. In the book of Isaiah, the nation of Israel is in decline, right? Like they are a diminished people. They are living in fear of the kingdom to the north of them, Assyria, scared out of their minds. But do they um, let this fear push them to their God to cling to him? Nope. That's not where they put their trust and hope. Again and again, um, at times, they actually put their trust and hope in other kings, right? Like they look down to the southwest, to Egypt, and trust in that king. They look over to the east in Babylon and trust that king. Crazily enough, sometimes they look to the king of Assyria and try to make a deal with him. They're looking all kinds of other places, placing their trust and hope, misplaced. Not only other kings They actually trust in other gods. Again and again, Isaiah talks about God's people creating idols. These little statues that they trust in. They go to spiritual mediums, necromancers, to try to to find life and protection instead of turning to God. That's why in Isaiah chapter 6, he says, Woe is me. Right? I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in a land full of people of unclean lips. That's the context of Isaiah. But Isaiah doesn't just speak of doom and gloom. All right, It's not just all darkness and decline. He says, yes, there is darkness and decline, but even in verses 1 through 5 that we read tonight, He also speaks of better days. He speaks of a future hope. Listen to how he talks about it in the context of the verses we read early in our passage. He says, listen, there's going to be a great joy, like the joy when harvest comes. Hey, There's always happiness when the food shows up, right? Like there's going to be joy like that when the food's here. There's going to be joy like when we divide the spoils. He speaks of a victory. He says, when the yoke of our burden, the rod of our oppressor will be broken, our enemies will be defeated. And how great is the victory? Look what he says in verse 5. He says, you know what? We can throw all the battle gear on the bonfire because we're not going to need it anymore. The victory has been won. There are better days, a future, and a hope ahead. Why? Like like how does this happen? What brings this about? Verse six that the verse of our Advent series, it's focused on for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And here's as good a time as anywhere to remind us of um, the pattern of the prophets. All right. Um, My good friend Randy Newman writes about this in the introduction of our Advent devotional. Uh, Patrick uh, Quinn, our pastoral intern, he put that together. It's a great resource. Let me encourage you, your family, your friends, use our Advent devotional. Uh, Randy, he uses this illustration, and it's one that I am going to forever steal from him, Uh, but he says that the prophets, uh, in a sense, are are viewing the... Their, interme- like their immediate context in a way that foreshadows future realities. And, and the illustration Randy uses is um, spiritual trifocals, all right, spiritual trifocals. He says, through one lens, they look and they see their immediate context, their immediate realities and circumstances. Through another lens, they look and see how these circumstances are pointing to future events. And then through a third lens, they're looking and seeing eternal realities that will take place and are being spoken about through these circumstances. Spiritual trifocals. Make sure you're tracking with me here, all right? Advent, we're speaking to the coming of Christ, his first coming and his second coming. We're looking at this series, how Isaiah answers the question, who do you say that I am? And we're seeing that the book of Isaiah is about trust and about hope. And then he, gives, he answers this question, who do you say that I am, by giving us these four exalted titles. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And what we're going to do in our Advent series is walk through those titles. Tonight we're going to look at Wonderful Counselor. Before we go to this table, we're going to understand what's Isaiah talking about when he's talking about wonderful counselor? Two things. He's saying that this son that's been given, this child that's going to be born, he is a wise king and he's a wonderful king. He's a wise king and a wonderful king wonderful counselor. The the, the idea of counselor is one who, who dispenses wisdom, right? Who's full of wisdom. Listen, if you're going to lead anything, you're going to need to make wise decisions, good decisions. I don't care if it's a tech company or in the government or a middle school volleyball coach, right? Like if you're going to be a good leader, you're going to need to make right decisions. You're going to need to have wisdom. And Isaiah is... He's speaking about an eternal kingdom. He's speaking about an eternal king. And he's saying, listen, the wisdom of man is not enough. It's not sufficient to lead this kingdom. To lead these people. No, what's required is a wisdom that comes from God. Maybe you remember this summer... um, We went through the book of Proverbs, if you can remember all the way back then, and we said again and again, here's the wisdom of God, and we highlighted again and again how often we fail to live in light of it, but what we did towards the end of every sermon was point to Jesus and say, look at him. Look at this child that was born. Look at this son that was given. And remember what it says in Colossians chapter 2. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We need a wise king. Advent reminds us that our worldly wisdom, the wisdom of man, is not enough. Whenever I think about man's wisdom, I have this snapshot. It's of a parking lot in Bethesda, Maryland. My wife and I lived there for several, several years, all right? Uh, on River Road in Bethesda, Maryland, there is a Whole Foods, all right? And, and there's this shopping center, and it has at most maybe 17 parking spots, all right? Like in their infinite wisdom, that's how many parking spaces they devoted to this Whole Foods and shopping center. But no fear, right? It's Bethesda, Maryland. All right, no few places on earth have a population with more education, more resources, more knowledge, right? So of course, when you pull, pull into this vastly inferior parking lot, it is a bastion of flourishing and kindness and humility. False. Right? Like it's an inspiration for Dante's Inferno. That's what, uh, that's, that's what that parking lot is like, right? Um, though the people, including myself, that are trying to navigate have all kinds of degrees and knowledge. The wisdom of the world is insufficient, right? We saw that on full display this morning in Mark chapter 8. We saw the wisdom of the world in Peter, Right? Because Jesus started talking about the rejection that he was going to face and his death. And Peter said, no, I've got some wisdom for you, Jesus. I think you should drop the hammer now. I think we should have political and national success and prosperity now. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. The wisdom of man and the wisdom of the world is insufficient. We need a wise king. The wisdom of the world and the wisdom of man is insufficient because it does not equip us. Hey, I love learning. I love science. I majored in philosophy. Love it. All right. But the wisdom of the world does not equip us to deal with death in a way that brings peace or joy. The wisdom of the world doesn't equip us to deal with our failures in a way that does not lead us to despair or our successes in a way that does not delude us. Only the wisdom of Christ can do that. We need a good and a wise king. We need a wonderful counselor. It's Christ that teaches us and frees us to forgive our enemies so that we don't live in the foolishness of bitterness. Uh, The wisdom of the world would have never imagined that a, a cradle and a cross would lead to a crown. That is godly wisdom. We need a wonderful counselor. We need a wise king and we need a wonderful king. All right. So um, Isaiah says, wonderful counselor. Counselor speaks to, to wisdom, but wonderful. Friends, um, our, our common understanding of this word wonderful really doesn't do us any favors in understanding what Isaiah says here. All right. Here, here's how I think most of us think about wonderful. Um, your friend got engaged. That's Wonderful. Somebody had the idea to wrap a piece of bacon around a shrimp. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, it's, it's objectively wonderful, right? But that's not what Isaiah 9 is about. This word wonderful... When used in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word, especially when it's used about describing who God is or what God's done. The word wonderful means really something like supernatural or something has happened that could not have happened unless God showed up and did something. More often than not, it's used to refer to the exodus. Right, like that was a wonderful event. God's people were freed from their slavery. They got to leave with the treasures of their enslavers. He opened up the sea. That stuff doesn't happen unless God does something. Those were wonderful events. And even there, in our passage, we see in the context that uh, verse four, he's he's talking about being freed from the oppressor. He's talking about Exodus language, and then. When he talks about victory, like on the day of Midian. You guys remember who was involved in the, the battle over the Midianites? You know the story? It was Gideon. Remember how that all went down? God said, hey, Gideon, yeah, um, you got 32,000 sh- uh, soldiers? That's too many. All right, I'm going to need you to cut that back some. Oh, you got 10,000 now? Huh? still too many we're going to need to cut that back some oh 300 you got 3 you've gone from 32000 to 300 sounds about right why because god wants to be real clear it is not the might of man that wins this battle but it is a wonderful god This this victory is one of God's wonderful works. That's what Isaiah is after when he says, wonderful counselor. And that's really good news because we need a wonderful work done in our lives. We don't just need some help. We just don't need some consulting or some assistance. We need God to do a wonderful work in our life. I don't know if you saw the uh, story this weekend. Anybody see the story? Guy falls off the cruise ship right? Who knows how long? He's floating out in the water. Helicopter finds him, lowers a rope. He's treading water. They pull him up. Friends, that's not your story. I think sometimes we're tempted to think, yeah, I mean, I I was in some trouble. Uh, I was struggling a bit, you know, like things weren't going well, but I was hanging in there and I just needed a little help. That's not your story. That's not my story. Here's our story. We were on the floor of the ocean. Our lungs were filled with liquid. Our stone cold heart had stopped beating long ago. That's where God found us. And he makes us alive. Because he's a wonderful God. And how does he do it? For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And this son, he lives a perfect life. Every word, every thought, every action, every inaction, he does it perfectly. Perfectly loving his father. Perfectly loving everyone he encounters. He lives a wonderful life. And he lays that life down to take the punishment that we deserve for all the times we failed to do that. He lays his life down, he enters into the tomb, and he rises again. A wondrous victory over death. That's a wonderful counselor. That's what Isaiah is saying when he says, Who do you say that I am? That's who Christ is. That's the king that we are waiting for. So when we come to this table right here when we taste and we see what was done for us we remember our wonderful counselors i mean Why in the world are we in Reston and Fairfax and here in McLean if this isn't what we believe, that that our God does this kind of work among people? That's what we've gone to those places to share and to to give is the story, the name of Christ, this wonderful counselor. And so when you come to this table tonight, I don't know where you need a wonderful counselor to show up and do a work. Maybe it's in the midst of a broken relationship. Maybe it's in in a marriage you have long given up as dead and it needs to be resurrected. Maybe it's a son or daughter that you feel is at the bottom of the ocean. You have a wonderful counselor. Maybe you need to be rescued from the comfort and complacency and ease that life has for you right now. You have a wonderful counselor. As we enter into this Advent season, let's come to our wonderful counselor. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful that we're not left to our own devices when it comes to understanding who your son is, who our Savior is. We thank you for these words from Isaiah. We are grateful for his first arrival and his incarnation, and we wait for his return. When he will make all things new, Well, he will make all sad things untrue, that is our hope. Tonight, as we come to this sacramental mill, would you meet with us? We believe, help our unbelief. We see, but help us have greater clarity. Let us see our wonderful counselor. It's in his name we pray. Amen.